And welcome into the Extra Base Podcast. My name is Matt Cohen. Alongside me is Austin Matricardi. When we last had the podcast, we were three games into the season. IU was 2-1 and one after Memphis in the first weekend. Since then, there have been eight games, and we have not had a podcast. But we are finally back, and there is a lot of IU baseball to discuss. Austin, and in these eight games, I think it's fair to start off with the Tennessee series, which I don't know if there's a better way to describe it than bad. It was bad. Um, I, I got the same <laughs> description, just bad. Yeah, so IU was swept that weekend by Tennessee, and I mean, Austin, what were your general thoughts from that weekend? Um, there were a lot of strikeouts, just an absurd number of strikeouts, a bothersome number of strikeouts. Um, obviously, no Matt Gorski, which didn't help considering that he's your preseason All-American and also, maybe Tennessee is good. Maybe they're not. Uh, maybe that sweep ages a little bit better than we might think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, IU looked pretty bad that weekend. But without Gorski in the lineup, and I do think that was, and I would argue that was the biggest cause for the sweep over the weekend because the offense just didn't have a catalyst. And as we'll talk about more, the offense came alive once Gorski got back in the lineup and I was a little surprised that he wasn't playing that weekend because after the Memphis series we were talking about, he kind of limped off the field and we weren't sure if he was healthy or not. And then we go to media availability on Tuesday and Jeff Mercer says everything's fine. We didn't worry about it. I mean, we saw Gorski was there. We assumed he was fine. And lo and behold, he doesn't play all weekend. And there's just no one to kickstart that offense. And I that's what I attribute most of the strikeouts to. That said, it's not like the pitching was much better. I mean, Saturday was just a really forgettable 11 nothing loss. But, I mean, to your point, though, even without Gorski and even with the pitching not being great that weekend, Tennessee's a ranked team. They're an SEC team. I don't know if I'm cons- – I mean, I'm not really concerned with the hindsight that we have now. Had it been the day after that series that we're talking about this, yeah. I might worry. But now that we've seen this team come back with Gorski and with the pitching rebound a bit, I don't know if I'm too worried about it. It doesn't look great come, you know, selection time, but for now I think it's whatever. Yeah, at this point I think that if you're a Hoosier fan, you should probably just latch on to the Tennessee bandwagon and hope that they can yeah. pick up some steam in the SEC and pick up some big wins. Make that sweep look as good as possible. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I think they're so they're a ranked team now. I think I don't know when the last time they were ranked was, but they, you know, they're going to get the strength of schedule that's going to possibly keep them ranked if they're able to play I mean slightly above 500 baseball in the SEC. If you I mean, if you go above 500 in the SEC, like that's pretty good, I would say. And that's going to probably get you into the NCAA tournament, I would argue, considering there's 11 ranked SEC teams this week in the D1 baseball poll, so I mean, could 11 SEC teams get in? I don't know if that will happen, but I also wouldn't be surprised. I mean, would you... I just The SEC is just so much better than every other yeah, conference. Yeah, no, it's, it's close. the premier college baseball conference yeah. for a reason. There are a lot of really great programs, so I wouldn't be surprised in the least if just a whole mess of teams got in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not to go full IU here, but it's almost like IU basketball in the sense that being in the Big Ten, IU is, what, 6-12 and 12 in the Big Ten from basketball? And they still might get in the field of 68 just because their opponent, they don't have a bad loss. And if Tennessee keeps playing like they are, being that they're an SEC team, it's going to look bad because you got swept. But if Tennessee is able to beat toward the top of the SEC and surprise people, 
it's still not going to look great because it's, it's, it's sweet, but it's still much better off than if Tennessee ends up being more like last year when they were a bottom feeder in the SEC. Um, so that we can, I think we can leave that there. Yeah, that series just, was just generally forgettable. Yeah. Um, then IU comes back home, uh, plays Cincinnati and Butler on consecutive days. Not as cold as we all were dreading it was going to be. Um, I was there for the Cincinnati game on Tuesday. You were there for the Butler game on Wednesday. That's correct. Um, I guess I'll talk about the Cincinnati game first, just for sake of chronology. Um, Alex Franklin came and started that game, pitched the first, I want to say, two and the third innings. Um, I was not blown away, I wouldn't say, but I thought he was pretty good. Um, he definitely started to tire in that third inning, and he started to kind of unravel a little bit. Um you know, he's a freshman. He's coming off of injury. We've talked about that in the past, that he missed his whole senior year of high school. So we don't necessarily know where his conditioning is right now. But I don't think that's too, something to freak out about that. I mean, he's been fine. I mean, I don't think – he's not a guy – sorry. He's a guy that I think we are going to see pitch more this season, um, despite the fact that and that ended up being more of a bullpen day. But I wonder if that also was Jeff Mercer's plan going in. Yeah, it probably had um, to be. Yeah, because, I mean – Kruger came in and pitched pitched well in that game. Uh, Cam uh, Cam Cam Beecham pitched in that game as well. He that was his first appearance of the season, which I did not think it was going to take seven games for him to get in. Um, he was fine in that game. Um, I mean, generally that was the offense though. Got back on track. Matt Gorski hit a leadoff home run in the quite possibly the biggest welcome back statement of all time. Um, I mean, just having Gorski back in that lineup was phenomenal. The team really fed off of that, and the offense put up a big output as a result of that. And heading into the next day, IU started another freshman, Gabe Bierman, against Butler. And what were your thoughts on that game, Austin? Uh, I was actually pretty impressed with Gabe Bierman. Um, After a first performance at Tennessee that was pretty meh, he he came and he had one bad inning, the, the second inning, where a couple of wild pitches pass balls got away from him and Wyatt Cross but other than that he was really solid I mean he went four innings only gave up the one earned run only gave up one hit he gave up more runs than hits and he struck out four I think that you take that eight days a week if you're Jeff Mercer and Justin Parker so I was really impressed with Gabe Bierman um, but then the Hoosiers they win nine to three they got down early but then they came roaring back and it was just it was Gorski and Cle- it was the usual suspects powering the Hoosiers to the win. Yeah, and I think that was you know young pitching as you mentioned. I think that was a positive from those two games. Just even though the competition may not have been as strong as someone like a Tennessee or what IU faced in Coastal Carolina or even what they'll face in Seattle this coming weekend. Um, I think just seeing the the young pitching getting an opportunity and you know doing a good job was something that's. Uh, good to see not maybe not necessarily as important for this year but going forward it's going to be really important for this team um but maybe the bigger thing out of those two games was that the offense was back they scored nine runs against Cincinnati seven more against Butler how big Austin was it to have Matt Gorski back in that lineup I think it was huge I mean he's your preseason All-American he's a star he's a future professional baseball player so having him back there at the top of your lineup as a five-tool guy it was just it's a big deal yeah I mean, he I, he had a home run in the Butler game too, right? Yes, he did. He, so he had a he, he had, had a he had something like four home runs in five games, something like that. Yeah, and was, his home run in the Butler game was the one that allowed Indiana to come back from the two zero deficit to take a three two lead. Yeah, I think so. We'll we'll talk about that two zero deficit um, a bit later because 
of the reason why it got to a 2-0 deficit and errors have been something that um, have plagued this team. We'll discuss that more later. Um, but I think with the offense, while they were strong in those two games bouncing back, generally looking at this team, it's not been a great offensive season thus far. There's only two hitters hitting over 300 right now. That's Matt Gorski, who has not even played in every game this season. And uh, I believe Drew Ashley is hitting 303. He started all but one game, played in all 11 games. Is there a reason to be concerned about this offense right now? Um, Maybe. And it's just because the fact that they're striking out a lot, honestly. And, and those usually, if your team is striking out a lot, they're probably hitting a lot of home runs. They're embracing that three true outcomes style. And Indiana isn't doing that. They're trying to score runs in a lot of different ways. So maybe a little bit of concern um, just because you saw what happened when they played a ranked team in Tennessee and it didn't go great. Um, but maybe Indiana's starting to get into the groove with the, the new approaches at the plate and they're starting to get back in the swing of things on offense as we saw in Coastal Carolina. Yeah, and I th- I think with this offense, I mean, you talked about the whole uh, outcomes of, of approach of you know strikeout or home run, and if you have a lot of strikeouts, may have a, a lot of home home runs. And not that I use not hitting home runs. I mean, they have uh, fourteen this season, which you know, no, sorry, yeah, fourteen home home runs, which is not you know a massive total, but it's not bad either. But that's not the approach Jeff Mercer's here to get. Jeff Mercer's always seemed like someone who's more of a small ball type of a manager, someone's going to want to you know you know get score runs with singles not necessarily with home runs which is not a bad thing but if you're going to have that kind of a style on offense you can't be having only two guys hitting over 300 and I use offenses largely been hot and cold this season they've had a couple games where they've scored at least seven runs but also just as many where they've scored like three or less um and it's just the inconsistency, I think, is something I'm looking at beyond the strikeouts because when this offense gets going, it's contagious. Uh, if you look at you know the Cincinnati-Butler games, again, lesser teams, but then you look at more of someone like UConn, which I think that's a good pivot right now. Let's talk about the Coastal Carolina series. First two games, IU was rained out on Friday. I ended up playing a doubleheader against UConn and Northeastern on Saturday. No, uh, all three teams IU played over that weekend were NCAA tournament teams. Um, probably the best of which is Coastal Carolina, which was the Sunday game. Um, but on Saturday, IU won both games in the doubleheader, beating Northeastern in the morning and UConn in the afternoon. And Northeastern, solid team, but team IU should have beaten. Um, and the team, but the game I'm more really looking at here is the UConn game, where Matt Gorski again was the star. A grand slam basically sealed that one. Um, I mean, again, but that's I think that's an example, Austin, of how the offense is just inconsistent this season. But Doing that against UConn so that you're not saying, oh, the offense scored nine runs against Cincinnati and Butler, but instead against a UConn team that beat Louisville. Um, I mean, I think that's got to be more encouraging, showing that they can do it against a better opponent. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they put up those nine runs in a hurry. They didn't do it over the course of the game. They did it in three innings. If you look at it, they went scoreless the first three innings, then scored two in the fourth, three in the fifth, four in the sixth, and then they didn't score again for the rest of the game. So it, they put those runs up in a hurry, which is encouraging. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to say, like, oh, I, you like, didn't do anything for three innings in that game, but 
does that matter if you put up five in one inning? I mean, if you're scoring runs, you're scoring runs. Does it matter how you score them? I mean, unless if it's like, unless I guess if you're scoring like you know five runs, but none of them were earned, then then you might have some like okay, we basically you basically got that game because the other team screwed up. Is if you had a case like that, but, but that never happens. Even in you know even even at a high school level, you're not having zero earned runs and putting up five or six. Um, but in a case, I just, I think that that U- UConn game was probably, I would argue, IU's best offensive game of the year just because of the quality of opponent. Um, and Matt Gorski just continued to be phenomenal. I don't think there's enough we can say about him. He was named Big Ten Player of the Week, and that game, I'm sure, had a big factor in it. But I want to move over to the Coastal Carolina game because that was more of a game that if you're IU, you look at that and you say, we should have had that game. Absolutely. Um, and I just don't. IU led two nothing and five to three over a ranked Coastal Carolina team, easily the best team they've played all season, and blew it. And is it fair to say, oh, IU lost to a better team? Sure, but IU should have won that game, and that would have had them at seven and three on the season with wins over UConn and Coastal Carolina, and the only no it would have been seven and four. Excuse me. Um, and outside of the one loss to Memphis. Um, no losses to a legitimately bad team. Um, and, I mean, not the Coastal. I mean, the Coastal Carolina loss is a fine loss. But the way that they lost the game is really discouraging, I would say, to a bullpen that had been so good for this team for the m- most part of the season. Um, there had been, you know, some hiccups, but they managed to work out of a lot of jams, I would say. Not like they were totally dominant. But the fact that they had that lead twice against a ranked team and blew it, I mean... It's not a great way to leave a weekend where you had been so impressive on the Saturday. Yeah, just to recap how that Coastal Carolina game ended for anybody who might not have seen it. I mean, it wasn't on TV that you could see. It was broadcast on the radio. But if you weren't paying attention, bottom of the ninth, Indiana's leading 5-3. Connor Manis is on the mound. He goes out there and immediately hits a batter. And Connor Manis is a guy that you trust out of that bullpen, which is the part that I think bothers a lot of, would bother me, as he was the one that I mean he didn't actually take take the loss, but as uh, I mean that's a guy that Mercer's gonna need to go back to, and you can't be having you know str- struggles like that against the top team when you're leading in, in the ninth inning. Yes, so he immediately hits a batter with a pitch. So there's one free base runner. You're winning by two. Then he gives up a fielder's choice and then a single. So you got a pair of runners on. Um, then he walks a batter. So now you got the bases loaded, one out, bottom of the ninth. That is not the way that you want that inning to start at all. No matter who you're playing, let alone exactly. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, so the pitching change happens. Manis is out. Grant Sloan comes on. Um, and then Grant Sloan walks his first batter. First batter that he faces out of the bullpen, he walks in a run, which is probably... It's not the worst thing that could happen in that situation, but it's really bad. And, and then after that, single left center, Coastal wins. It, it was just – it was a very, very rough inning to watch. Yeah. I mean, and beyond the fact that there was this – that they blew in that ninth inning, the fact that they had a two – that they had a two-run lead twice over Coastal Carolina and blew it both times, is it's, it's just so frustrating. In that bottom of the ninth, I mean, you're leading by two, but then you give up three free base runners with the hit by pitch and the two walks. Right. I mean, you didn't didn't even make them earn it. 
Yeah, they, no, that's, they, you, you, IU literally handed them that game. Yeah, no, and th- that's the difference between a good team and a great team. Right now, Indiana's a good team, but if you're gonna be great, you can't be making mistakes like that in those big moments. You can't, and you especially can't allow those mistakes to stack on top of each other. If you're gonna make one, make one. Don't make three in the yeah. same inning. I, I think you're absolutely right there. And you talked about IU being a good team, not a great team. And while the Coastal Carolina series was, I mean, the Coastal Carolina game was not a great game. Let's talk about some about some 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 good and some great stuff from IU baseball over over, over the last week and our three stars of the week. And I guess I'll kick it off here, and I'm going to go with Cole Barr as my third star. The reason why I have him there is he has an eight game on base streak. He's had four home runs this season, I believe. He's had he had a home run against uh, Cincinnati, hit one against Coastal Carolina, I believe. Um, I think it was against Coastal. Um, um, but, and here's why the th- our three stars, we talked about this, is it was a little difficult to do three stars because there was a, so many inconsistent performances, and Cole Barr is absolutely one of them. And we mentioned this earlier, and errors have been a huge issue for this team, and no one more so than for Cole Barr, who leads the team with five errors this season. That is not great, considering they've only played 11 games. Um, I mean, he's not been the only one. IU has, I don't, you know, the only make it sound like it's Cole Bars, the only ones having issues here. Um, IU has already 18 errors this season. Um, I mean, a number of them you don't even see on here. Like Wyatt Cross is only charged with one error, but he's had a number of big mistakes with pass balls and wild and wild pitches that have led to runs. That's why IU was down to nothing against Butler in the first place. Errors have been a huge issue, and not just that they're happening, but seemingly all of them lead to runs. And you absolutely cannot be giving up free runs, no matter if you're playing a Butler or if you're playing a Coastal Carolina, because they get you both times. Fortunately, against Butler, IU is much better than Butler. They were able to come back, but against against Coastal Carolina, they're taking advantage of those, and you're not going to win that game if you give them free opportunities. Yeah, and you just have to wonder how frustrating that can be to watch for Jeff Mercer, who's Mm -hmm. told us on multiple occasions that defense is is a huge deal for this coaching staff, and to watch 18 errors already this season, and some of them coming and big moments and biting the Hoosiers in the rear, it's just... It's been an issue, and you have to think that it's something that this coaching staff is emphasizing. Yeah, I mean, so coming into the season, I think the the biggest, um, highest way to look at this, in my perspective, is coming into the season, we basically, I think, we penciled in Elijah Dunham to play in the outfield as as as, as a starter, thinking his bat would be a key role in the lineup. Who started in the outfield? Drew Ashley. Why defense? And if that's going to be your mentality, which is fine, that's what Jeff Mercer wants to do, but. You, if, if you're going to put guys in for defense, they've got to be playing good defense. And Drew Ashley does have zero errors because he's a great defensive player. But, I mean, Cole Barr has five. Jeremy Houston, who we've said is a rock on defense, has four. Uh, Matt Lloyd has has three. Cade, uh, Cade Bunnell has two. Justin Walker has two. Wyatt Cross has one. Tommy Summer has one. Um, I mean, that's it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. And, I mean, I think... Jeremy Houston is the one that sticks out just because he's one of your better defensive players. Um, I mean, he's probably going to turn it around. I don't think there's much to be concerned about. But this can't continue at all. To be fair <laughs> to Cole Barr and Jeremy Houston, those are two of the harder positions on the diamond to play. Yes, It's still not great. Yeah. It's not what you want to see. But 
if I'm going to play devil's advocate here, those are two tough positions to play, and they've faced some tough, tough plays to make. Yeah, and the thing with, with, with those two guys is even if they've struggled defensively, Especially with Houston's case, you can't take him out of the lineup because he's going to he's going to figure it out de- de- defensively. And both bars, why I have bars my third star, um, Bar and Houston have both made up for it at the plate. And while you know there is definitely some cases where errors have cost IU some significant runs, um, Bar you know with the four home runs, Jeremy Houston's average won't show up, but he's been a really great at getting on base. He's walked so many times this season. Um, so Cole Bar is I'd basically put Cole Bar as a you know, third star for the plate, not necessarily for the field. And after my rant about errors there, Austin, who is your third star? My third star is center fielder Logan Kalitha. He had a good start to the weekend in the first two games. He had four RBIs, made some big plays for the Hoosiers. In game three, things got a little dicey. He ended up with a golden sombrero against the shot to clears. But anytime you can say chant the clears in the podcast, phenomenal. He, it was it was a good weekend overall for Logan Kletha. Not the best performance on Sunday, but his performance on Friday and Saturday was good enough for me to have him in my stars. Yeah, I mean, uh, Logan Kletha, the the uh, the ball magnet, for lack of a better term. Um, he, I mean, he was great. The play generally, uh, he has a, what eleven RBIs? Did you say it was something like that? He, I mean, he's been he's been phenomenal driving in runs. Um, he's a great guy at the plate. I think so. Then my second star, I mentioned him earlier, Drew Ashley. Um, he's been one of the guys who have not had errors. He's the only guy who's been in um who hasn't missed time who was hitting over th- over three hundred. Um, he has been I would say easily IE's most consistent player this season. He's been a guy that uh, Mercer's had at the bottom of the lineup for the most part. Been a rock down there, and, and we talked about him b- before the season as a guy who really is going to be a key utility guy and he has been well largely playing in the outfit not really in the infield he's been exactly that he's been a guy that i just think jeff mercer absolutely just loves and you know he has a 10 game on base streak which is another thing jeff mercer loves is being on base um not necessarily you know the long ball but more just you know a high on base percentage um so just the combination of offense and defense is why i have drew ashley as my second star austin i see you have a pitcher as your second star i do I have one Cal Kruger as my second star. Um, I, I believe that over the weekend he was used in kind of the fireman role on Sunday. He got thrown in there in the middle of the game, and he pitched admirably. Um, he he threw three innings on the weekend. He had five strikeouts, and he just clamped down when the Hoosiers needed him to clamp down. Um, I, I believe that he's one of the best bullpen assets, at least in the Big Ten and he showed why once again this weekend. And I think uh, in terms of our first star, I'm not sure there's any real doubt to who this would oh, be. No, no, it's yeah, uh, it's Matt Gorski, and we both have Matt Gorski. So I think uh, I mean it's just easy to say Matt Gorski has been, I mean exactly what we expected he would be. I don't really know what more you could possibly ask out of Matt Gorski. Matt Gorski is who we thought he was. A star. Um, he is hitting over 300. He has, uh, let me check the stats on that because I'm blanking. It's like four or five home runs. Um, it is four home runs. Um, and he hit them all in like a span of five straight games, had a grand slam against UConn, uh, Big Ten player of the week this week. I mean, he's just, he, he, he is literally the rock of this offense. He is leading Indiana in RBIs as a leadoff man who has missed, missed three games. Missed three games. That yeah. is. Um, 
I mean, I don't even know how to describe that. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, no, he, at least one of his at-bats every game comes with nobody on base to drive in, so you yeah. might as well forfeit that for RBIs, and he's still leading yeah. the team in RBIs. It's, it's crazy, and they, you can put a lot of that due to the bottom of the lineup he's getting on base with guys yes. like Drew Ashley and Jeremy Houston, but he's still got still, still to drive him in. They get on base, great. Someone's got to drive him in. And Matt Gorski has done exactly that. Yes, Matt Gorski has been terrific. I would expect him to continue to be terrific. Yeah, Matt Gorski, um, Matt Gorski equals stud. Um, with that, that's going to bring an end to our recap segment. We will be right back on the Extra Base podcast talking about the state of the Big Ten and later previewing IU's weekend in Seattle. We will be right back. Are you looking for the latest analysis from student media experts on the teams of Indiana University as well as the topics that are attracting attention nationwide? Look no further than IUSTV's weekly sports talk show, The Toss-Up. Our host, Michael Dugan, and his panel break down subjects like these each week. You can find it on Twitter, at IUSTV Sports, or on the IUSTV Sports Facebook page. And welcome back to the Extra Base Podcast. I am still Matt Cohen, and still alongside me is Austin Matricardi. Uh, we're going to discuss the state of the Big Ten right now, because I don't think there's any better word to describe it than What? Um, with a massive question mark at the end of it. And the reason why I say that is because I do not know about, I don't think we know anything about any of these teams because the top team in the conference, I would say Minnesota, is 2-8 and eight right now. Michigan's 8-2. and two. They've been pretty much what everyone expected, but they haven't really had a significantly tough opponent yet. Um, IU 6-5, and five, they're supposed to be a top team. Illinois 7-3, and three, but they have a pretty bad loss, if I recall correctly. Um, in Penn State, seven and two. I don't know where that came from. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, Illinois doesn't have a bad loss. They just have losses. Um, they don't really have a good win. Um, and uh, Nebraska's four and six. They're a decent team. Uh, Purdue is one and nine. A team that made the NCAA tournament last year, one and nine. They have played a tougher schedule. Same with Minnesota. Um, I mean, Austin, what do you make of the Big Ten right now? I just don't. I don't know who's good and who's not good. The The conference is basically an enigma right now. Yeah. I, I don't understand how things are happening in this conference. Um, you mentioned Penn State. Um, I still think they're really bad just because yeah. they've, I mean, played, they've played nobody. Yeah, no, they <laughs> opened against Monmouth, then they played against Fairfield. Like their best one is Duke. And yeah. Duke's like fine. And they <laughs> lost their series to Duke. Yeah. They only took one game yeah. in that. And yeah, th- their two losses are both to Duke. So <laughs> they're going to go down to Orlando and play UCF this weekend. Oh, boy. They it's going are... to be a bloodbath. Is that a three game series? No, it's, a, the one? it's a three game series. That's going to be a UCF sweep. <laughs> that That's going to be bad. So yeah, Penn State, sneaky bad if you only look at their record. Yeah. Not bad. Or they are bad if you know yeah. Penn State. Unless, unless they're maybe not, but we don't know because no one's played anybody yeah. except for some of the teams that have really bad records. But this, I mean, but what do you do if you're, you know, you're Minnesota and Purdue, two teams that have, I would say, NCAA tournament hopes, especially Minnesota, you already have eight losses. Like, that's a lot before conference play. Yeah, I, I mean, Minnesota has played a really tough schedule. You, you said that already, but it's just, it's... It's not been a great season for them so far. They they lost to Oregon State, which, of course, right. that, that's fine. Oregon State is one of the best teams in the country. But, I mean, they also have losses to Gonzaga and New Mexico. Well, I mean, Gonzaga, I wouldn't say Gonzaga's. I mean, Gonzaga's not amazing, but they're not they're, bad. They're, they're, it's um, not a team that Minnesota should be losing. Yeah, to. correct. Um, and even with, with with the New Mexico game, you 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 were mentioning it. Um, let's check my math here. Um, 
Minnesota has lost to Oregon State and New Mexico by a combined 24 to 2. Yeah, no, that's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. I mean, like Minnesota, I mean, New Mexico's not a phenomenal team either. Big phenomenal guy today. I said that a lot. Um, and New Mexico's nowhere near as good as Oregon State. But even then, against Oregon State, you shouldn't be losing 13 to 1 if you're going to be a team that could win the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and then after that performance out in Arizona where they lost to New Mexico and Oregon State and Gonzaga, they lost a series to Dallas Baptist in Dallas. Yeah, uh, which, not a, a decent, bad team, decent but team, you shouldn't but be losing that series. It's a team that you need you need to win that series if you're Minnesota and you're trying to make the tournament and you're maybe a regional host <laughs> uh, because I, I feel like this is a Minnesota team that was hoping to host a regional yeah. It's I not, thought they were going to host a regional coming into the season. Uh, yeah, and then they got swept by NC State. So it's just been a train wreck of a season for Minnesota so far. They're going to have to bounce back really in a large way in the Big Ten to kind of save the season, I guess, more or less. Yeah. Disappointing is Purdue. You Yeah, Purdue has been – I don't even know I, what to make of Purdue. When we were talking early in the season, I was – convinced that Purdue had a chance to be an NCAA tournament team, but they just got swept by Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's not great. Um, no, that's, that's, the, the Southern Miss sweep is like not terrible because Southern Miss is not a bad team. Oh, no, they're Oral a team. Roberts? They, they, yeah. Purdue did win a game against Texas, though, and Texas... Which is I the, don't get that. I don't understand. That's their only win. Their <laughs> only win is against a Texas team that is among the best in the nation. They, they, they took a series from, from LSU. Yes. How did they beat Texas? I don't understand how Purdue has a transitive win over LSU right now. And that was coming in on a five-game losing streak. Yes. So <laughs> Purdue I, is very confusing at the moment. They seem bad, but you know that they should be better than their record indicates, yeah. I think. I mean, and Purdue, I mean, if I'm just looking at some of their, like, the scores here— it's been a combination of bad pitching and bad offense, but like not at the same time. It's not like they've gotten. I mean, they they lost the Southern Miss sixteen to seven one of the games. They still put up seven runs, but they allowed sixteen. They allowed they lost thirteen to six to Texas. Still scored six, but they allowed thirteen. Um, they lost ten to four to Oral Roberts, five to one to Oral Roberts. They got shut out last game against Texas three nothing. Lost three to two to Oral Roberts. You should not be only putting up two runs in one game against Oral Roberts. I mean, they put up, a, what, a total of seven runs against in a whole weekend against Oral Roberts. That's it? Against Oral Roberts. And Purdue is not a bad team. No. Although maybe they are a bad team. They, they are a team coming off an NCAA tournament appearance. They did lose some seniors, but it, I expected them to be competitive again this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I don't – coming into the year, I said three Big Ten teams make it, maybe four. And I said that that those three teams would, would be Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois. I mean, Indiana, and maybe Illinois as the as the as the fourth. Um, right now, I think Michigan and Illinois, and even Indiana, are in fine shape right now. I don't think there's any reason to be concerned by any of those teams. But I mean, you know, you look at teams like Nebraska, probably not a contender for the tournament. I would say, but they're four and six, and they're better than four and six. I would think on I mean, it's they, on paper. The Huskers do have a win over Texas Tech, though. Well, so I don't. Okay, so Texas Tech not a Big Ten team. I do not understand Texas Tech. They Texas, lost to Oregon and Nebraska. I 
Texas they Tech. Bet, they easily could have gotten swept by Oregon, actually. What's really cool is that outside of the Big Ten, Texas Tech has been like the team that I've just been watching every weekend. Because they're always on upset alert. It's crazy. Like they, they lose to Oregon, but then they go ahead and they sweep Kentucky. And then they lose to Nebraska and Mississippi State. And it's like it's <laughs> it seems like Texas Tech's season just from the very, very outside. It, it just seems like a really, really fun ride. Texas Tech, honestly... Like, they're not a Big Ten team, and I feel like they really characterize the Big Ten Conference as a whole right now. Just based on that, you literally have no idea what's going to happen on a given night. Texas Tech does both good things and bad things. Yeah. It, it's they're really it's been an interesting season to follow for the Red Raiders. Um, so, yeah, Nebraska beat them, and supposedly they're a good team. So that's a good win for yeah. the Huskers, and it might help propel them to tournament relevancy. Yeah, and then you also look at a team we didn't discuss, like Maryland, um, lost the opener 10-6 to to Campbell. Um, Go Camels. And then lost 2-3 of three to, to Louisiana. Um, they beat Delaware 11-6. to six. Ooh. Mm, Big win over Delaware. Cool. Um, I mean, Maryland, I don't think there's much you can say about Maryland right now. They're seven and four. They have a series this weekend against Stetson. Uh, we will know a lot more about Maryland after playing Stetson. Um, Stetson, Stetson, good baseball team. Um, at least they were last year, and I think they are again this year. I don't think they're ranked right now, but they're you know solid team. One team that I think could be sneaking up on being a tournament team. When we were having this discussion about how many teams could get in, I mentioned a couple of teams that I thought could swing either way. One of those was Nebraska, but the other one was Iowa. I, I'm very intrigued by the Hawkeyes. They've had a decent season so far. They split a series with Hawaii. You probably wanted to win that one if you're yeah. the Hawkeyes. Um, but last weekend, they go to Stillwater. And win a series. They win a series against a ranked Oklahoma State team. They knock Oklahoma State out of the rankings, at yeah. least in D1, um, D1, D1 baseball, baseball. Which I still, when we talked about this earlier, I think that's the best poll. Easily. Yeah, that's the poll that I use yeah. personally. Um, but Iowa takes a series in Oklahoma State. Maybe the Hawkeyes are back. They're good yeah. again. Well, are they? We don't know. I mean, I think that's the, that, that's the thing is I feel like the you know Big Ten teams they some of them have really good wins and also have some weird losses like we, losing two to Hawaii. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> Hawaii. You could, I mean, Hawaii is not terrible. You could argue also that they had to go to Hawaii and the travel. Yeah, they should have enjoyed yada, that. Yada. Yeah, but it's maybe, Hawaii. Maybe it was detrimental to their baseball. I mean. If if playing baseball away from cornfields makes them makes Iowa worse, then uh, they'll be great in the Big Ten. Do they power up on cornfields? Is 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 is, is that I, how that works? I'd, I'd be scared for when <laughs> they come to Indiana in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think just with all these teams with five hundred with records kind of hovering around five hundred right right now, and some of the top teams, uh, pretty far below five hundred, like Minnesota. I mean, I expect the Big Ten to be almost a bloodbath of, of sorts this season because I feel like there's so many teams that are very even and a few kind of teams that are just a step above. Um, there's going to be a lot of split series. I don't expect many sweeps unless you look at a case of like, you know. Penn State. Yeah. Like Indiana should sweep Penn State. I mean, Penn State's 7-2 and two right now, but they should sweep Penn State. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you look at teams like, you know, Purdue and, you know, if Purdue plays Iowa, for example, maybe. I mean, that could be, I don't know who's going to win that series. Um, I think it's just a mix of we don't know who is, except for the teams like we know, like Michigan is good. 
I think that's the one takeaway that we have right now. They're 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 eight and two. They lost a one one game to Long Beach State. I'm pretty sure, but you know that's a yes. They they lost one to Long Beach and State. and one to Cal State Northridge. Yes, uh, so actually is... Michigan's lost their lost their last two games. Um, but I mean that that's a good. I'm not worried about Michigan at all. I mean they've played absolutely nobody. Um, the 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 best win that Michigan has right now is an exhibition win over Kentucky in the fall. Yeah, I mean <laughs> we'll find out about we'll find out a lot more about them soon. They they're they're in they're in L A this weekend yes. after playing U C Irvine on on the sixth. Um, they play U C L A, U S C, and Oklahoma State. I I can't wait for that U C L A Michigan game. That that's is, gonna be that's gonna be a huge game for the Big Ten. Yes, hopes, that is a huge game. That's one that if you're not watching some Hoosier baseball, you should probably flip yeah. on some U C L A Michigan. I, yeah, because I mean I don't know about you, I haven't watched Michigan play on TV at all this this season, and I really I really do want to see how they play against U C L A, which we know for a fact is a good team. U C L A um, is a good team. Uh, so I think that just generally the 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 state of the Big Ten right now just kind of wrapping up is what is going on, who is good, we don't know. I think we'll figure that out more in the coming weeks as some of these teams have some some pretty interesting weekend tournaments over spring break. Speaking of interesting weekend tournaments over spring break, oh boy, Indiana's got an interesting one. Uh, the Hoosiers go out to Seattle this weekend where they will face uh, – Coast, uh, not Coastal Carolina. They play Coastal, Coastal Carolina. They play Washington, um, the defending champion Oregon State Beavers, and San Diego. And Austin, just looking at those three teams, what are your initial thoughts about the coming weekend? I think it's going to be a really huge weekend for the Hoosiers out at Safeco Field because it's Safeco Field because it's always I be- been I, Safeco I, Field. I believe, and I I could be mistaken here, but I believe they took out the Safeco Field sign Safeco because Field. T-Mobile bought the naming rights. But you may continue. It's it's Safeco Field, but um, I mean, you, you're looking at some. Chances for huge wins for the Hoosiers. Um, they blew that against Coastal Carolina. But if you can beat a Washington, if you could beat an Oregon State, that's huge yeah. for your tournament resume. That is just it's monumental. It's ground it's ground shifting. Yeah, for the so, Hoosiers. So right now, I think I'm penciling in Oregon State as a loss just because that's a really good baseball team. Um, I mean, they I think they could. I don't think they will go back to back, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, Washington, though, is the one I'm really looking at. That's an that's an that's an eight and two team coming in, winners of I believe seven in a row. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, they haven't really played anybody. Um, they lost a series to two UC Irvine. So UC Irvine's good. Yeah, UC Irvine's a solid team. They go Ant Eaters. Yeah, they play a midweek game against Michigan. Um, by the time this is probably published Michigan will probably have already played that game so we don't really know what's going to happen there um but Washington is a team I think if you're Indiana you will learn a lot about yourself in that game because that's a team that I think Indiana really could and I'm going to put it out there should beat um with Paulie with Paulie Milto pitching that game like expected I think I don't think they put out the rotation yet, but I think he's expected to pitch that game. He, he should pitch that yeah. game. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't pitch that game unless you theoretically want to save him for Oregon State. But don't the, do that. Just, with the way just, with with the way Tanner Gordon's been pitching recently, I don't know if I really want Tanner Gordon pitching that game. But it is what it is. Um, maybe he'll come back and f- figure it out. Nothing like your nothing like your JUCO transfer figuring it out against Oregon State. Um, but yeah, with with with, with Paulie Milto pitching, I think I use got to find a way to win that Washington game. That's a team that's coming in hot. Team that made the College World Series last year. 
Um, I mean, there's not a new RPI out for this for this season yet, but that's a really good team, and it's going to look so good on IU's resume because Washington's going to be one of the top teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think that if you pick one that might be the biggest game of the week as far as resume-wise for the Hoosiers, it's going to be Washington. That's a game that you can win. I don't know about should win, but I, I do believe— I, I, I'm giving my hot takes, Austin. I, I'm not going to venture into that level of heat. I, I I'm think only that, saying should just because Pauly Milto is pitching. That's, that's my only that's, reason. That's fair. So overall, just a very interesting weekend. You're going to learn a lot about this Hoosier team up at Safeco Field at the Safeco Field tournament because it's Safeco Field. Jesus. Um, I mean, I, I think the one game I'm really not. I mean, if if you want a game you want to sleep through San Diego, um I mean, I, I mean, I just got to sleep through that oh, okay. game. Well, I, I mean that more in the perspective of, like, that's a game like IU, like, if they lose that game, that is going to kill their RPI. It's not um, going to be great. Yeah, because that would then mean at that point you have um, your losses. You have losses to Memphis, three to Tennessee, and then another one to San Diego along with the Coastal game. Um, but losses to Memphis and San Diego would not be great come the summer. To be fair to San Diego so far this season, they they're nine and four, but their four losses are to decent teams. They they got a loss to Arizona State, one to Oklahoma, one to Utah, and one to St. John's. None of those are egregious yeah, losses. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's just it's just not a great conference. So San no. Diego's not really going to get a chance to boost their RPI much. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I mean they 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 swept Wagner. They beat Long Beach State team that beat Michigan. So actually. Uh, San, San San Diego transitive win over Michigan. Um, San Diego, decent team. Yeah, I mean they're not. Be- oh wow! Uh, let's look into the schedule here. They beat uh, UC UC Riverside, uh, thirty-one to three. Shockingly, um, uh, UC Riverside. I wasn't aware that that was a UC school. Uh, they're, uh, they're not good. I I'm a uh, good thing that I'm just surprised that's not a football score. Um, but I mean this is like it's. I wouldn't say that's a team. I, if I had to make a pick between San Diego and Memphis about which would be a worse loss, it probably would be Memphis. Um, but then you just go back to, in the West Coast Conference where San Diego plays, you have Gonzaga. And, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone else that's going to boost your RPI. Yeah, you're probably right about that. So it, Like, it San Francisco's meh. Uh, St. Mary's is probably meh. I don't know much about St. Mary's this year, but... I think they're decent. Um, just a lot of meh in that conference outside of a decent Gonzaga team. Yeah. So uh, just yeah, this this tournament this weekend is going to be a lot for yeah. the Hoosiers. Just if you can find a way to take to take two out of three, I think that's what has to be your expectation. Yeah, you, well, I don't know about expectation, but it has to be your your goal. Yeah, your your goal is to take two out of three. Yeah, and I don't think it matters what two you take. No, you it take could two. be any of the two. Um, in all honesty probably expect one out of three yeah and that's san diego yeah i mean if you beat washington and then lose to san diego you're probably still happy yeah i mean if they you know if, if you if you take two or three and your loss is san diego i'm still fine coming out of that weekend because oh, yeah. that made you beat just, oregon state yeah just basically anything other than over three on the weekend yeah. i would probably be happy with yeah because i think just iu has to keep some of their i mean just Simply put, like we're talking about basketball, is like again to use it as a reference. Um, we're talking about quantity, not necessarily quality, at this point for, for for basketball. With baseball, we're still at a point where where quality matters. 
But you don't want to have a large quantity of losses going into Big Ten play because I just don't know how many series there are that I is going to be sweeping people. Because I think that Big Ten is maybe... Maybe just because we don't know what the Big Ten is right now, because it seems like on any given day some team could be great, some team could be terrible, and you don't know on a given day just based on what we've seen so far. So I just think the Big Ten is going to be a little bit of a bloodbath, and IU is going to lose some games they might not expect to in the Big Ten as a result of that. Um, and Austin, heading into this weekend, any final thoughts? Um, let's see some cleaner play in the field. We talked about errors earlier, so maybe look to see if the Hoosiers can clean it up on that side of the diamond, I, I think that that would be a big step in the right way. Yeah, I, I think the same. I really don't. I just to give a different answer because I think that's I think the biggest thing I'm looking for. Also, um, I just want to see more out of the offense. I want to see more 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 consistent hitting. Let's get some more guys up above 300, please. Um, I don't know if it's actually possible given the stats. Um, and you know, guys like Jeremy Houston's like 206 right now, so he'd have to have an insane weekend to get above 300. Justin Walker's, I mean, can we get Justin Walker off of the interstate? He's hitting 091 right now, um, not great. Um, Sam Crow's hitting hitting 160. Uh, Matt Matt Lloyd 222. You need more out of him, I would think. Ryan Feynman's hitting 219. Um, let's just get some more consistent, consistent hitting, more guys on base. Um, great to score, you know, a chunk in an inning, but. If I use I use offense had a, has had a lot of cases of, you know they'll go three to four innings with like not a hit, or not even a base runner, and let's I think IU has to hope to not have that. Um, so basically I think we're looking at basically everything that's not pitching, we just said, um, which is fine because pitching hasn't been a huge issue overall. Um, all right, so I guess that will do it for this week's extra base podcast. IU has three big games over the weekend. And we will not be here to discuss it unless we do it via some kind of conference call because it's spring break. And I don't know how much I plan to get out of bed during spring break. Um, that's I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm looking forward to that. Any, Austin, any thoughts on spring break? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's just going to be a week off. That's, cool. It's going to be great. I'm so excited yeah, for probably, that. Probably be all right. So baseball. Yeah, so I think point is, as excited we are for spring break, uh, I guess we do have to think about our next podcast. We will be back. At some point after spring break, um, hopefully in that first week back, um, who knows what's going on with basketball at that point? That may have impact a lot of things because hopefully NCAA, hopefully IU will have an NCAA game to play. Probably will be in Dayton because that's how this is going to work. Archie's going to make his return. Um, and yeah, with that, I am Matt Cohen. Austin Matricardi is here as well as we've said numerous times. Austin, would you like to say goodbye to the audience? Goodbye, audience. All right, we will see you in probably a week or something.